Dr. Sheila Nazarian is a leading board-certified plastic surgeon and founder of the skincare brand Nazarian Skin. Join us today as we discuss Dr. Nazarian's journey into plastic surgery, her starring role on a Netflix show, and how she launched multiple businesses of her own. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Dr. Sheila Nazarian. She is a board-certified plastic surgeon renowned for her practice in Beverly Hills, as well as her e-commerce site, The Skin Spot, and her skincare brand, Nazarian Skin. You may recognize her from the Emmy-nominated Netflix show, Skin Decision, Before and After, where she shares her expertise and helps patients with reconstructive surgery. Dr. Nazarian's decided to launch Nazarian Skin to fill the gap in products that weren't meeting her or her patients' needs, offering medical-grade skincare products formulated with gentle botanicals and antioxidants by the best minds across dermatology. I personally am so inspired by Dr. Nazarian's journey, building multiple businesses from the ground up, including a medical spa company, Spa26, and the Nazarian Institute, where she brings together industry leaders to educate entrepreneurs on how they can grow their own companies. She is truly a force to be reckoned with, both in medicine and business, and I'm so, so excited for our conversation today. So Dr. Nazarian, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. This is, you know, right up my alley, beauty, beauty and business. That's what we're here for. And I'm so excited to get into it. So, but you know, I asked all my guests the same initial question. I'm very curious to know your answers. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Dr. Nazarian? Oh my gosh, I feel like all of us are very multifaceted human beings. So it's very hard to sort of put it in a nutshell, but I would say mom wife, because I think those are the two most important things um, as a human. And then, you know, plastic surgeon, entrepreneur, uh, philanthropist, activist, fashionista. Amazing. I love it. <laughs> so many things like, like, like what you've done today. It's going to be hard to narrow down this into one podcast, so bear with me. But I want to give the whole journey it's a recognition it deserves. So let's start at the beginning. Um, I would love to know a little bit about sort of your upbringing and maybe some of those early memories of beauty growing up. Yeah, no, I will. I will start by saying I just did my genetic testing and I'm actually 10% Indian. No way. Hey. <laughs> I'm 73% Italian. What? Okay, I'm so jealous. I, I, I did my, <laughs> you know, I did my, I got to redo it. I think I did it a long time ago, but I did my test, like the, one of those DNA ones. And yeah. there was like this whole like drum roll and these like confetti on this, on this results page. And it was like, you are hundred percent Indian. And I was like, not even 1% anything else. I was like, she was like, can I get a <laughs> refund? Like, what was that? <laughs> I was literally the opposite. I was like 73% Italian, 10% what? Greek, 10% Indian, 10% Jewish. Uh, and I'm like the biggest like wow. Jewish activist online ever. So I was like, who am I? 
Wow. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. and I was the Bollywood Awards girl for like six years in New Jersey at the Bollywood Awards. So, and, and I did star <laughs> in a Bollywood movie. What? Called Arya. No way. Okay. <laughs> so this is hilarious. But yeah, I just want to let you know um, we are one people. Okay. I love it. So the journey, yeah. before I get to the journey, I have to I have to throw that in because the journey has not like it's the complete antithesis to that. So um, I was actually born in New York as an anchor baby. We lived in Iran. My mom like flew to New York when she was nine months pregnant so that I would be a U.S. citizen. So I was like the OG anchor baby before that term even existed. Um, went back to Iran. It was 1979. Um, the revolution had started uh, and the Iran-Iraq war started shortly thereafter. There was a lot of anti-Semitism. They, they were anti-Semitic and you know, definitely Jews were not considered, you know, equal, but at the same time, they wouldn't let us leave. So in 1985, we actually um, escaped through the desert on the back of a pickup truck into Pakistan. That was a very arduous journey. Um, We were shot at by border police. It was kind of crazy. Made it into Pakistan, actually stayed there for three months waiting for our visas. Um, finally, we're able to fly into Vienna. We stayed in Vienna for a month waiting for visas to come to the U.S., and then finally made it into the U.S. in 1986. Didn't know any English. I was in ESL for three months. Um, total nerd. I was very, very, very skinny. I feel like my elbows and my knees were like the largest part of my limbs. So needless to say, total nerd. Uh, teased, but I had a very strong mother and she always just poured confidence into me. And I think that a lot of my confidence and risk-taking comes from her just telling me, you know, try everything and you can do everything and you're so capable and blah, blah, blah. So now as a mother, I feel like that I really try to do the same for my kids. And then, you know, I was in school in Los Angeles until high school, went to New York for eight years for undergrad and medical school, and then came back to Los Angeles at University of Southern California for my plastic surgery training. Um, between my three years of general surgery and three years of plastic surgery, I also went to the Marshall School of Business at USC and uh, learned how to do my P&Ls and learned how to do marketing plans and a business plan. I was also an economics major at Columbia University. So I think that while I didn't think that I would go into business or didn't really understand, I was just really fascinated by the psychology of money and like how people spend their money. I I felt like it was almost like a sociology, but financial sociology. So that was really cool to me. After residency, I just opened up shop. Um, My husband's a neurosurgeon, so he needed an office. So I spent the first few months just building out an office for us both. We shared a space. Um, That was kind of nice in the sense that I didn't have to like bear the entire overhead on my own. Um, and after about, I remember two years is kind of when I started hearing the phone ring consistently. And I was, I remember it was like November of like 2015. And I was like, wait, could you hear that? Like the phones are ringing, you know, Mm. every year we, we sort of just jumped. Um, we were growing 30 to 50% every year just because I knew how to advertise, Um, And advertising at that time was actually considered very controversial in plastic surgery. Billboards were very controversial. Social media was very controversial. I knew that on Instagram, you know, you had to have a beautiful photo and an inspiring message. So I would do a photo shoot on a Monday and bust out like 40 outfits. And that was my content for two months. 
you know, and my colleagues were like, she's not even operating. She's just taking pretty pictures all day, you know, because they just totally didn't get it. Yeah. I was making tons of YouTube videos. I didn't know at the time that Google owned YouTube, but I was one of the first plastic surgeons making video. And I knew people just didn't want to read anymore. People wanted to watch a video. And then if they wanted more information, then they would go read. So my website was flipped. I would have the title and then a video and then content. Yeah. Whereas everybody else was like content, 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 maybe a video at the bottom. And so that was, did amazing things for me. A, I was on the first page of Google within two years um, of practice. And just to let you know, yeah. there's 31 plastic surgeons just in my building in Beverly Hills, wow. much less like all of Beverly Hills. But that helped me with my SEO. It also became a video resume. So I was getting tons of press opportunities, tons of TV interviews about beauty and plastic surgery without ever having a publicist. That just gave me a lot of notoriety early on just because I was making tons of videos. And everybody says like, how do you find the time? And I'm like, I don't like lunch with the ladies. You know, like I don't do that. I'm either with my kids or I'm making videos or I'm, or I'm operating or I'm working. Yeah. So I think that that sort of was the launch pad to success was just doing the, putting in the hard work, learning the language of finance and just knowing what people wanted to see and continuing to sort of have my finger on the pulse of what people are interested in and, and, you know, leaning into that. And one thing I want to talk about then, I think was really important is whether people go to school or, you know, online or ask advice from experts, learning about business, I think is really powerful, right? This is also a big premise of this podcast is like the business meets beauty angle. Um, what were some of the thing, the key takeaways that you felt were so imperative looking back now, right? In what you've built multiple businesses from studying it at an early earlier point, because a lot of my kind of uh, followers and people I know always ask me, you know, um, do I need to go to school or go to business school before creating a I business? Totally and sometimes, don't think you need to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think yeah, you like, need to go to business school. I never done that. I'm gonna, but yeah. I'm going to plug my nonprofit right now. It's, um, it's called Think Big. The big stands for um, branding, innovation, and growth. It's mm. a super cheap membership. And I think you get two weeks free online. But you can find it at thinkbig.nazarianinstitute.org. And we have 50 plus hours of business experts telling you their talks, their keynotes on various Mm. different topics. We have Kris Jenner talking about branding. We have Mm. Bethany Frankel talking about how she started Skinny Girl. We have like how to become a key opinion leader. Ergonomics at your desk. How to dress like... Social media professors from UCLA talking about how to think about your social media or how to think about building your brand. So it's such an amazing resource that I wish I had when I was younger. Um, But in in medicine, it's almost very discouraged. It's almost like consider dirty talking about money Mm. or your brand. Like, what is that? Like, you're supposed to be altruistic, like in the middle of a farm, like helping women deliver babies or something, right? So yeah. It, I think it's just starting to change in medicine, the the idea that you're also a business person. And in order to effectively help people, you have to know how to run an effective business. Yeah, This is a very yeah. new concept among doctors. So I created Think Big to allow them to have the resources to start thinking about themselves as a business owner and really bringing in yeah. experts that are not trying to sell you something, but that are really like professors and PhDs or like they've done it or whatever it is to, to inspire. And, and the other thing, Akash, that you mentioned that I think is, is a very big thing that I wish I would have known early on is 
most of the time it's you standing in your own way. So it's you exactly. saying, oh, exactly. the video quality wasn't good enough or, oh, what will people say about me? Or my hair was sticking out. Or I said, um, so I'm not going to post that or I'm not going to take that leap of faith. But so the first day of our conference when we were having it live was about just giving you the skills. The second day was about what about you as standing in your own way? And I think both of them have to be addressed. Like I could teach you everything I know, but if you don't take that first step and second step and keep kind of baby stepping and inching forward, it doesn't matter what I teach you. You have to get out of your own way. So that, that became very glaringly obvious within the first couple of years of our conference that you need to also address that personal blockage. Um, It's not just about teaching and, and reading. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, you know, you can give everyone a tool from a toolbox, but if you don't know how to, if you don't do the work, you're not going to fix anything or, you know, it's not going to do anything, right? You have to right. put in the work, do it yourself sometimes. And there are different tools everyone can use that can still get the job done, right? So I think yeah. it's about finding what works best for you, but 100%, like generally speaking, like short-term ephemeral video content to the point, like what you've done with Think Big is sort of the way we're going anyway in the industry, right? Like I probably I'm not going to be as informed by myself. I sit in, you know, seven hour lectures, four days a week. Like it's just, uh, my brain is now wired differently. I mean, look at social media. No, and these lectures, like when we had them, like nobody would even get up to go to the bathroom. Like it's literally, they're so good. And you can listen to the same lecture five times and take away a different thing every time to implement. But the point is, at least implement one thing. Couldn't agree more. And, and then the second question I have, because I think there are two big topics here, right, is, is also the power of social media and just some of the highlights of how it's really helped and, you know, influenced a lot of your decisions growing your incredible following. You know, I started my social media initially just because in the Persian community, my community, people thought mm. if you did Botox, you were going to end up in the ICU. Mm. So I remember one of my first like viral videos was me just injecting my own face on my phone, like leaning up against my coffee. Like it was such a yeah. like low quality <laughs> video, but it was just like, I think the wow factor of me sticking a needle in my own face um, that people were like, whoa. And then seeing me at a party later on and being like, oh, she doesn't look like an alien. Maybe it is okay. You know, yeah. the thing with plastic surgery and spa treatments is you only notice bad work. You don't notice when it looks natural. You're just like, wow, she looks so fresh and healthy. Yeah. But you know, you would never think they were doing anything. Whereas if it looks crazy, you're like, oh my God, plastic surgery makes you look crazy. Yeah. Cause you don't, you know, and it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So I, I'm all started just getting into that just because I wanted to show people, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of and it can look okay. It can look normal and God-given. And then I just sort of started paying attention to what sort of content was doing better. So I, I realized, you know, it's a very visual platform and you need to have beautiful pictures or interesting content and you want to kind of catch them within the first two seconds uh, of, you know, them scrolling. But also you need to have a sticky page. Like you can have one video that Mm -hmm. does really well, but if they go to your page and your page sucks, they're not going to follow you. I swear, I just, I learn something new every, every year, every month. And so you just have to be paying attention and, you know, also executing on things that you're learning. So, and also have a team around you that you can delegate to, to execute on the things that you are learning because you can't do it all on your own. But initially, obviously it's all on your own. It's okay. But as you start to grow and realize like, wow, if I really want to take this to the next level, I need to do X, Y, and Z, and I need to hire somebody for that. So, so yeah, I think it's just like little by little growing. I think social media is super important. 
Um, search engine optimization and you showing up on the first page of Google has a lot to do with who's sharing your content on social media. And I'll tell you, I look at all of my numbers. So income coming into my practice is um, two thirds Google, one third social media. So while everyone thinks, oh, Sheila just, you know, is doing well because of her social media, it's actually not true. It's really SEO. Exactly. And that's the conversion, right? That's when people are really searching for something specific that they need. And I think that's a very important thing, how simple tactics of SEO, right, is so important and people just overlook that a lot. Yeah, but I, th- I hope that your audience listening to this hears mm. that, you know, it's not just about doing this and doing that. It's about data and it's about looking data. at your data and seeing what works. Like I did this talk that makes me feel so gross to even say what the name was, but I was on a panel with like three other like big names in plastic surgery, all men. Mm. And it was called show me the money. That was the name of the panel. And it, it forced me to look and see where the referral sources are. So I was literally like searching my my database for income by referral source mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, how much came in from Yelp, how much came in from Instagram, how much came in from Facebook, how much came in from my Google or SEO or website or whatever it was. And that was really the first time that I sat down because I was going to be giving this talk. Mm. Where is where is it coming from? And and where do I then channel more of my efforts and my dollars? It's not like marketing is just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. It's really about maybe yes, doing that, but then really analyzing, you know, what really works. So for example, billboards and radio ads. I was actually negative. The ROI was negative. But the branding, like after I did those, everyone knew Dr. Nazarian. Everyone knew my name. So there, there is yeah. a benefit in, in branding and name recognition. But the income coming back from those referral sources never made up, you know, how much I spent. Investment. Exactly. So, but, right. Which is, but it's okay, you know? So you just have to kind of like analyze and go in informed and, and knowing, you know, where do I want these things to go? So yes, it's excellent to know how to make awesome videos. It's excellent to have a social media following. But if you're not following what's working, where the dollars sit, like good luck, you know? I couldn't say it better myself. And, and also like and, and any founders listening as well, like how regularly are you sitting down with your relevant team, right? Or your agency that man- may manage your Google SEO, et cetera. Because while you might check it today and think, oh, I know the data, like keep on checking it because it can shift and change, right? Um, and I 100%. think even me, I'll say this now, looking back, I'm like, I'm going to go speak to after this podcast to my digital director and be like, I say this to everyone, go do it. I need to do it myself. So, I actually have yeah, a meeting with my SEO team for two hours at the end of the day. I'm doing four podcasts today and then a two hour meeting what? with my SEO team. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but I love it. You, you, you put the most time to the SEO. That's priorities. Yes, like that. yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, well, one, one thing I want to talk about now um, while we're on the topic of, of SEO branding is your amazing products, uh, skincare premium products, Nazarian Skin. So I would love to know why this came around, how you started it and what it does. So I will tell you, you know, at first I was on this Facebook group that was all female physicians and they were all across the country. And it just started out people being like, Hey, Sheila, what, you know, they would send me their pictures and they'd be like, I'm so sorry to ask, you know, but can you just tell me what I'm doing wrong? Or like, what skincare products do I need to be using? Do I need Botox? Do I need filler? Do I need a facelift? Like, what do I need? So I started doing this just on my free time for my colleagues. 
And that's how the skin spot started. So the skinspot.com is my e-commerce site. And we have about 30 brands on there and they're all medical grade, all scientifically proven. And not only that, I curate the hero products from each line. So if let's say like one of the brands has 30 SKUs, I'll only bring on like five. They're, they're the ones that are like their top sellers that everyone keeps coming back for. Like, I don't need everyone's cleanser. Okay. I don't need everyone's sunscreen. Like I only want the ones that are like doing double or triple duty. So I started off that way. And then I realized, you know, Hey, branding wise, I can create my own skincare line too. And, and, you know, have that in the office and I can make it exactly what I want it to be. And I can literally have my name sitting on the countertops of all my patients at home. So they're constantly reminded, Hey, Oh, I need my Botox or like, Hey, I need to go in and do this. Right. So it's, it's fantastic for branding. Um, and I decided that I wanted to make it medical grade products, you know, super high quality ingredients. And I wanted every product to do double, triple or quadruple duty. So for example, our moisturizer isn't just for hydration. It's got tons of antioxidants in it that actually reverse sun damage. So it's actually a brightening moisturizer that will actually fade your sunspots. So that, that's one example. Um, same with the sunscreen. It's got tons of antioxidants in it. It's moisturizing and it's tinted. So it's actually going to make you look better so that you'll actually wear it. You know, So every single product that we brought on, we just wanted it to be a super high value and we wanted it to, it to work. No sense, very clean branding. So it can sit on a woman or a man's countertop, no frills, but it works. And so that, that kind of defines what our patients want from us. They want, they're, they're not looking for a fluff and rub. They're looking for efficacy and results. And whether that means it's a laser surgery, skincare products are all of the above, which it usually is because we don't age in one dimension. Um, that's what it takes. So it was sort of like, you know, starting the skin spot first and then being like, for all of the reasons I gave, I need my own skincare line and really curating what that looks like. And it's in true testament of collaboration of a competition, right? You're still honing a space. You didn't create a separate D2C site, really, that you've kept it within the same ecosystem. And you've even allowed with the skin quiz I saw online for anyone to really just, you know, it's any product that suits them, right? And I think that's really important right. that you also acknowledge that there are other great products out there and you know, some products that might not be what Nazarian skin offers. And I, I love that. And I'll also tell you too, like even me, you know, we have our collagen boost system, you know, turning on the circuit mm. breakers for collagen and elastic. In. But I find, especially with, you know, these kind of collagen boosters or these peptides or growth factors that, you know, get the elasticity and plumpness back to your own skin. It's kind of like shampoo, Akash. You know, like when you use a shampoo and then you switch and you're like, oh my God, my hair looks so much better because I switched shampoos. And then you can go back to the old shampoo and it works better for you. I feel like it's the same thing with growth factors. So even on my countertop, yes, I have my own collagen boost, but I have other collagen, you know, promoting products as well. And I like to sort of switch it up because I think it keeps your skin kind of on its feet and constantly being like turning on different circuit breakers, honestly. So yeah, no, I think it's good to switch up your skincare. Um, it doesn't mean that product won't work for you anymore, but I think it's good to kind of have it on a little bit of a loop. In terms of now, like, I guess the future for Nazarian skin, do you see it still staying within the skin spot universe? Do you see it going into 
other areas, retail? Other areas for sure. Like we have Nazarian hair now. We even have Nazarian Enhance, which is um, pre and post procedure supplements. So I put yeah. all of my patients on Arnica, bromelain, and vitamin K, high mm. dose that I compound <laughs> before any procedure because it's really cut the downtime in half. I see less bruising. I see less swelling. My facelifts, I have them start on it a month before. And at two weeks, they're they're ready to go out. So it's as opposed to four or six weeks. So it's really been such a game changer. And then actually two weeks after the procedure, we add in turmeric because it is an anti-inflammatory. But turmeric is also a blood thinner. So we don't want it two weeks before or two weeks after the procedure. But, you know, post two weeks... You, you want to add in turmeric. And my husband's a spine surgeon, spine and brain surgeon. He puts all of his patients on turmeric two weeks after their surgeries. So it's, it's uh, kind of knowing those things that we know, you know, again, I know Indian people use a lot of turmeric, Persian people use a lot of turmeric. It's like in everything. Our omelets have turmeric, like everything. Literally, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's anti-cancer. It's anti-inflammatory. It's such a great thing. So yeah. we have those Nazarian Enhanced products too on the skin spot. And we actually have like an anti-bruising bundle that I put all my patients yeah. on um, because I want the bruising to go way faster and everything's scientifically proven. So yeah, it's kind of like bringing all of those little like tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way, sitting in this world of, you know, aesthetics um, and putting it on the skin spot and sharing that knowledge. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So tell me more about Spa 26. Uh, I would love to know for everyone listening. Spa 26 was, um, first it started off within Nazarian plastic surgery, but again, as a founder and as a business person, If you have different businesses that you want to sell off one day, you really need to give it its own entity name. So even though Nazarian Plastic Surgery and Spa 26 currently are in the same location, we are expanding to Lake Tahoe and it needs to have its own EIN number. It needs to have its own employees. It needs to have its own, you know, separated income away from the plastic surgery practice. Because again, if you want to grow and sell one day, Everything needs to kind of have its own social media. That's why I have like 10 social medias because every business has its own Instagram. Every business has its own Facebook because you literally, when you're ready to sell and your exit plan, and that's the other thing too, never start a business without the exit plan in, in your mind, right? So when you want to sell Spa 26, for example, you want to like put a little gift box with the spa, with the social media, with the EIN number, with everything, all of the numbers in a pretty little box with a bow on top. So that's sort of why we separated the two entities. And of course, now that we're expanding, you know, it was a great thing to do. But basically what I do is, and this has never led me wrong, whether it's in real estate investments or in lasers, if I want it, I know other women want it and men. So the first, you know, laser I got was $400,000 and it's great for all skin types, including mine. And it gets rid of sunspots on brown, any skin type, but especially brown, Asian, black skin. So even though it was a huge investment, I literally bought it for myself because I was looking at my aunties and I was like looking at all their sunspots and I was like, I'm not going out like that. So I literally bought it for myself. Um, and then I just kept doing that. We have very strange devices that, you know, vaginal tightening devices, or I even have a device that makes you not sweat under your arms anymore. So you don't get sweat stains, you don't smell, and you barely need to use deodorant. So these are, but I wanted that. I was like, how cool is that? It's like laser hair removal, 
one less thing to think about, but like in your armpits and who wants to be smearing like chemicals uh, in their armpits next to their lymph nodes. So I just, I just went forward little by little. And now we have 30 devices. It is literally your one-stop shop for all things beauty. And I like, you know, having surgeons on site where if somebody walks in and they're like, you know, I want this fat reduction device and I'm looking at them, they've had 10 kids and I'm like, no baby, you need a tummy tuck. Like we also have that to offer. So we're not, you know, we, you know, when they say you're, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like it's, you know, we have all of the tools in the toolbox and we're going to kind of take those things out as needed to give the best result. So I just, I, I love devices. I think they're awesome. Um, we try on ourselves every single device. So for example, if we get a device. We've tried four in that category on ourselves to see what we like the best. And we'll keep the one that we like the best and send back the ones we don't like. Fantastic. I mean, because you obviously have devices and you have services. So for anyone listening in that potentially is looking to do um, either a procedure or a service, the best is always to request a consultation, right? That's like the first step. I think the best, to be honest with you, is to choose a consultation with someone who has everything available because then you're not going to get the one laser that they have. Exactly. And you guys have a a plethora. Yeah. You want someone that has multiple lasers, can do Mm -hmm. surgery, um, has the skincare products because then you're going to get the re- uh, an actual recommendation of like, listen, if you go with this laser, you're going to get a 40% result, no scars. If you go with surgery, you're going to get a hundred percent result. Yes. With these, you know, A, B and C scars. So, so you, you're getting like all of the options and then you can make an informed decision about what's right for you at that point in your life. I think it, it goes kind of what, when I feel what you've done with skin spot, I think it's so great that you don't have this kind of biased approach when it comes to something quite, you know, very important for people when they make these decisions. And I think knowing that you have a wide variety and you're not necessarily, um, you know, ex- you don't have like a partnership with one of the tools or devices, which makes you only want to promote that, I think really helps because I think it just enables people to make it feel more confident and safer, right, in their environment. Yeah. And they trust you. And, you know, you want trust. And, um, and I always say you only lose your reputation once. So, literally, like everything we do in the office from A to Z, is a hundred percent kosher. I always say I have too much to lose, like too much to lose. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm well fed. Too many businesses. Well at night. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, 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 and, and, and also, you know, uh, having so many different bloods from your ethnicity, there's a lot of different sides of us. Like I can see the Indian gene there, this gene there. (laughs) You're going to make sure, you know, (laughs) everything. When you talk about numbers and finance, I was like, that's the Indian gene. I can sense already. That's so (laughs) So funny. I know. It's Um, interesting because actually there aren't very many like good business people in my family. Everybody's like, where'd you get your business from? I'm like, I don't know my family. Like, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, I want to talk about, because it's on my watch list now after I spoke, I was like, I'm going to first meet you and then I'm going to watch Skin Decision. Tell me about that Netflix show because it's on my list now. I'm going to watch it. So that was literally my dream. I remember being a fifth year plastic surgery resident and one of my attendings was like, so Sheila, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? And I'm like, I'm going to have my own show. And they're like, Mm. okay, weirdo, like you go do that, you know? (laughs) Um, But it was, I was always, I I used to dance, I was in theater. um, And I, and I just, something about reaching the masses it felt really purposeful to me. Like I think helping one person at a time is amazing, but there's something about educating the masses that is just like so meaningful and so gratifying to me. 
So I wanted to do my own show and I wanted to be kind of on my own terms. I didn't want it to be a circus act, like how plastic surgery generally is depicted on TV. I really wanted it to be classy and very professional because again, Akash, I always say what you put out into the world is what you're going to attract. You put out 800 CC breast implants and big lips and these crazy narcissistic people, that's who you're going to attract. But you put out, you know, for me, like I, my hashtag is small breast queen and I only do small breast implants. I only do the model breasts, very natural. I'm typically using the lowest amount CC breast implants available on the market. Whereas my, you know, other colleagues are using like the top 10 biggest implants available on the market. So having niched myself and branded myself as the small breast queen makes women who want natural breast implants literally fly in from other countries to get the breast augmentation done with me. So you don't want every customer. You don't want every patient. So it's very important that you put out there what you want to attract. So with Skin Decision, it's a docu-style, very emotional, very honest depiction of why people get aesthetic procedures done. And so, for example, you'll see, Akash, the first episode, um, a woman was shot by her husband um, and, you know, she just wanted the bullet wounds gone. She wanted, she didn't want to have to like have people asking her, oh my God, what happened there? Yeah. You know, because it would just kind of rehash um, the memories of that trauma. But it could be, you know, our mom on the show that had quadruplets and she just like felt embarrassed getting undressed in front of her husband. She would run upstairs, go in her closet, close the door and change into her pajamas so that nobody would see her and how that affected her marriage. So it's really a deep dive into the like who actually is the plastic surgery patient? Yeah. Guess what? 90% of the time it's these yeah. people. It's not what you're seeing on TV. And I'll tell you, you know, before that show, a lot of my colleagues really hated on me. Um, they didn't, maybe they were jealous of my social media or didn't like what I was doing on social media, even though it's always very classy and, you know, very tasteful. Um, but I think they were just like, you know, just jealous, not to be honest with you, because I did have kind of a meteoric rise um, to notoriety. It really changed their minds about me when it started helping their pocketbooks, I feel like. So the show really, I think, gave permission to a lot of men and women across the country to take care of themselves and for them to think of it as not vain, but really more like self-care and seeing the mental health benefits of certain procedures. So once, you know, the show started driving more patients into everyone's practices, then it was like, oh, Sheila's great. Let's write up, let's write up, you know, something about her in the society magazines and like, you know, let's have her give talks at, at the plastic surgery society and stuff like that. So I think it really elevated the industry as a whole to take it out of that. Oh, it's unnecessary surgery to really making it a lot more acceptable. I mean, and to be nominated for an Emmy, uh, already that's a pretty so crazy. Anybody. Yeah, we got nominated for Choice Awards and um, for an Emmy. But it was during COVID, so I didn't get to do the whole red carpet thing. I was literally sitting in my kitchen. That's on Zoom. Uh, <laughs> annoying. Oh, like what? Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> That'll be another show, and you're going to win it, and that's yes. that's when you're going to go from your mouth to God's ears. Exactly. That's what I like. Um, so, in terms of me, we're going to wrap it up soon. So I know you have multiple businesses, multiple podcasts, yes. and and the two hour SEO meeting. I don't want to make you yes. miss that. But um, just in terms of the future, what do you 
kind of looking forward to what's in the horizon that you can share? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. So I just started my own podcast, which is called The Closet. Um, want everyone Amazing. to check it out. So that's really been an interesting venture in the sense that I have to research other people now and really learn and deep dive into them and their story, which has been very cool. Instead of me trying yeah. to think about what I'm yeah. going to say, it's been very interesting to just like focus on other people. So that's been amazing. Um, I'm in the process of writing a book kind of about my memoirs and lessons learned in my life. So that's awesome too. And then, you know, Akash, also like, I think from COVID, I just realized like I made it, you know what I mean? I did it. Mm. I've done everything I set out to do. I really just want to travel and enjoy and continue to grow the businesses with good people and sort of in some, some areas of my life, you know, grow, but kind of be okay with a little bit of the status quo and being like, okay, we're in growth mode. I'm going to let that grow, you know, with all the things I've set in place. Let me focus a little bit here. Let me focus a little bit on myself or on my kids. So Mm. I'm really just in a very comfortable uh, place. You know, as a immigrant, I feel like I'm never not thinking and I'm never not scheming and like trying to figure out how I can, you know, uh, do the next thing or come up with the next cute idea. Um, but, you know, I am at the core of it, just very comfortable with who I've become yeah. and where I am in life and sort of, you know, now I'm able to take kind of a deep breath um, for like five seconds every day. Whereas before I, I really just was, I felt like running all the time. Now, I really, um, I think I really appreciate you saying that. I think it's very important to just take that moment to reflect. And I, I really appreciate the answer because it makes me even think back and, you know, we can always on ourselves have this mindset of what next what next as opposed to Mm -hmm. stopping and being like look what I've done like enjoy now the fruits of all the hard work and yes you're still going to do more things but it doesn't have to be obsessive right as it can be sometimes in our in our heads because we want to do a lot and yes uh, sometimes it's okay to rewind and just you know reset so it's so important because you know we're constantly giving of ourselves and we're constantly like me you know as in my home as a mom or in the office as the leader there Mm -hmm. and or as a doctor just giving to my patients you know everything we're constantly giving 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 when you accomplish something when you sit back and you sort of breathe that in it fills your cup you know and it prevents burnout i think so not only is it good to do, I just, I think you must do it. You must. Exactly. No, uh, well, I, I am really excited for the podcast. I've just given it a follow and I'm, I'll put the link in this bio so people can also listen, whoever's listening um, and check it out, the closet. And uh, yeah, when the book comes out as well, you have to let me know. So I'm going to go to fire round questions and then we'll wrap it up. But I have a quick desert island situation for you. So I'm being mean and I'm inviting you. Well, I'm being nice because I'm inviting you to the Founder Booty Island, but I'm being mean because you can only bring one product with you. So what is that one go-to Nazarian skin product that you're going to take with you on this island? I would say probably um, on a deserted island, I know there must be a lot of sunlight, but I would say the one product I think everyone needs to have is the retinol serum because it does reverse sun damage. It is moisturizing. Um, You know, obviously most people would just say sunscreen, but I'm just going to have you wear a hat on the island or sit under a palm tree instead um, and take the retinol serum with you. Love that. (laughs) And now fire round questions. This is three questions. First thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? And and potentially it's a brand that's on uh, the skin spot. So, you know, maybe people can check it out from there. Wow. Um, I think uh, PCA Skin is an amazing brand um, that's been around for a long time and they don't do a lot of marketing, but I, I really do also respect 
their ingredients, and um, the efficacy of their products. Great one. Uh, next question is, do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your heart? Yes. I say success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. I love that. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And my last question is, if it's a hard one for you, because normally I just say, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, but I'm going to say, if you weren't everything you are doing today, what else could you or would you be doing? Oh my God. I feel like I'm doing everything I want to be doing. Um, I, know. <laughs> uh, I will tell you one of the things that's brought me a lot of fulfillment um, that I was super scared to do was to speak my mind especially in the current political climate. I always just say my parents didn't leave everything behind in Iran to bring me to America for me to shut up. So initially when I started my activism, I thought I was literally going to lose all of my patience. With my first post, I lost 3,000 followers in the first 30 minutes. But I just kept going because I realized you can't get canceled unless you give in. But if you keep going and you're speaking from a place of love and your core values, you will actually attract the most amazing opportunities and people into your life. And you'll be surrounded by people that are obsessed with you for who you actually are. Mm -hmm. So I highly, highly recommend speak your mind, keep learning, you know, keep kind of standing up for the truth and God rewards the authentic. I love that. It's so true. And I think, uh, reminding ourselves on that whenever we're in those moments of silence and we what we want to our inner urge wants to say something say it speak your truth um and stand up for what's right especially often i see a lot of people in silence not standing up for anything and others and i feel sometimes quite demotivated and sad by that and it's just so easy mm -hmm. to do right you feel it just yeah. say it and stand up for it and there's a lot right now as we know to lot. stand up for <laughs> It's a lot. So yeah, uh, that's, that, that's the, that's the, sometimes it's like, that is draining sometimes though, because there's so much out there that, yeah, we have. To I just feel like I would be drained more constantly talking about beauty <laughs> when I have children yeah. and I need to, you know, kind of oh, yeah. model for them that they, you know, need I know. To well, and you're speaking up, you know, for, for a better future for them. And that's the reason right. why, you know, that's so important. Um, but uh, Dr. Nazarian, it's been a, such an honor and pleasure. I, mean, I can't wait to finally meet in person next time I'm over in Cali. And, uh, and if you're in for London, sure. hit me up. But uh, in the meantime, where can everyone follow you? And uh, I'll put all the other links of all the other Instagrams, but mainly your one for now. Yeah, I think that's the best one. If you click on the bio on my main Instagram, Dr. Sheila Nazarian, there's a link tree to every other um, aspect of my life. So if you're on Instagram, Dr. Sheila Nazarian, and then the bio is everything else. I'll put the link tree so everyone can just tap straight away and definitely also check out your podcast. And uh, thank you again so much and all the best today with the SEO meeting. Never ends. Thanks, Akash. <laughs>hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.